0: All right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, you know, back at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a movie out called Sonic the Hedgehog that I loved. And I was supposed to do an episode with many-time co-host Ryan Darty, and uh, it just never happened. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of the reasons during the conversation, but... He is finally here, we are talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2, we get in some of our thoughts on the original as well, and just about video game movies in general, and we kind of go on a lot of tangents too, so uh, a lot of stuff going on in this episode, but... Most of all, it's the return of my friend Ryan to the podcast so we could talk about video games. And that is coming up in a second. Before we do get to the conversation, I do want to remind you to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever it is you're listening. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, Good Pods, Pocket Cast, all the podcast apps. Wherever you're listening, if there's a five-star button, we'd appreciate it if you hit that five-star button. Maybe leave a little review while you're at it. And, of course, follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. Also, don't forget about our Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I combine early and advanced and bonus content from Piecing It Together, as well as bonus content from Awesome Movie Year and from my music career, and uh, as soon as I hit export on this, this Sonic the Hedgehog 2 episode is going up to uh, where it'll be for a little while until the film hits Paramount Plus and that's when I'm going to release the episode to everybody else. If you're listening to this while it's out on Paramount Plus, hi, uh, thanks for listening. But if you're listening to it while it's on the patreon, hey, uh, thanks for subscribing. Anyway, uh, let's get to the conversation about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. So, Ryan Darty is back with us. It's been a long time, but I'm very happy to have him back. Ryan, how's it going?
1: Oh, man. Uh, it's great now. It's probably going to get worse the more we talk about Sonic and Sonic 2, <laughs> but um, that's that's what we do. We suffer for our art, and sometimes, yes. sometimes you suffer too. So much, you forget to do an episode of this podcast for two years or whatever.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. We're basically bookending COVID, because as yeah. we, we were just talking about, the last episode I did for context was um, the most anticipated of 2020, which was which, in February. So, like, right yeah, and, before. And let
0: it, be, let it be said, that episode is a freaking weird time capsule from a time it that is because doesn't everything make sense. Was
1: still, like, actually, uh, my con- I think my consolation prize for that episode was Bob's Burgers the movie. <laughs> and now that's just coming out in like three weeks from now as of time of recording. Uh, so wow. it's so weird to see what did and did kind of, like, did and did not make it through the COVID scape more or less um, interfered with and Sonic... So you know, you know what
0: did make it through? <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog and a sequel to Sonic the Hedgehog called Sonic the Hedgehog Two.
1: <laughs> no, very. I I don't actually remember the full release details of that, but I remember. Uh, so for context, it was my number one most anticipated movie of 2020, and Dave and I were going to do an episode on it, and then COVID hit. It was kind of like, yeah, you don't necessarily want to go to theaters. Yeah, and then. It came, He was like, it's fine, we'll do an episode when the DVD comes out. And then I just was busy for a little, and then by the time I finally watched it, it had been like, Dave and I had been talking for <laughs> half a year, a, a year, I don't remember if, how much the movie got delayed, um, about, like, I, I, you gotta do Sonic next, We gotta do Sonic next. And I watched that movie and had zero response to it. I was like, I tried right. so hard to think of a puzzle piece. I watched it a second time, and I was just like, this is so generically taking a little from everything and like simultaneously having its own identity and its own complete lack of an identity that like i just couldn't think of any puzzle pieces i felt was actively contributing to this conversation about the movie
0: and if the listeners could see me right now they'd see me shaking my head because i love the sonic the hedgehog movie and yes we never did get a chance to cover it here on the show i talked about it in my uh, top 10 movies at the middle of the year uh, episode. I think it was pushed under the uh, the 10 spot in my end of the year top 10. But <laughs> yeah, I, I loved this movie, uh, the, the first one. And I was surprised to love it, because as we've discussed, like, I'm a Mario guy. I never sure. really liked Sonic. I never liked Sega. Video game movies in general suck. I sure. mean, you know, there's so many reasons for me to have not liked this movie. And... Jim Carrey is kind of on a streak of not really doing that much good work, Yeah, and so I, there was nothing about this movie that I was particularly excited about, but it just came out of nowhere, and I loved it, especially, and we, we'll get into this as we're starting to get into puzzle pieces, especially because of Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> I love him so much, and as we have talked about in our uh, private messages, you don't seem to stand, get anything. I
1: cannot stand him in either of these movies. It's oh. I and I get that there's probably ne- it's it's I'm saving time for the listener because I imagine <laughs> most of our audience really likes Jim Carrey and now yeah. I'm the villain of the podcast. You which, are. <laughs> you, know, you absolutely um, are. No, so I it's not that I it, it's not that I disliked Sonic 1. It just and in fact it's the most I've ever liked James Marsden or Ben Schwartz in any role. They are both okay. people who I always want to like, but never end up liking, usually because of the specifics of their roles. Mm-hmm. And and I I loved them in Sonic One. I thought it was not a bad video game movie. I just like got nothing out of it. And and I think any puzzle piece I would have picked would have been just yeah references for like Jim Carrey's behavior. And I'm I'm sure you've got a puzzle piece or two talking about Jim Carrey's influence. I sure do. Um, but no, <laughs> I. Uh, I, I, I even mentioned this to you in a private chat that I realized upon rewatching with how much I hated Jim Carrey's performance in these <sighs> movies, maybe I actually think it's an amazing movie and that he's just bringing it down to neutral. Oh, no. I will say to get ahead of it, uh, I did um, like his him a lot more in the second one. Okay, so that that will maybe so it's an olive some branch. Detentions. Yeah,
0: yeah you're, you're trying to reach across the aisle to me, I guess, a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a contentious episode. They usually are when you're on the show. So yeah, yeah. I, was, yeah well, so. so
1: I'm I'm of two minds of this because um, I I recently discovered that both of these Sonic movies were written by. Um, the writers of my least favorite bad movie of all time, shout out to uh, National Lampoon Presents Transylvania. But um, they like made that movie and it was the worst theatrical experience I ever had in my life. I'm one of the like 15 people who saw it in theaters due to a mix-up at the ticket booth. Uh, (laughs) And then they like worked on some TV shows or whatever. Um, and then come out at hot with Sonic so much better than Transylvania. And I absolutely, you know, don't want to throw shade at them beyond my shade being thrown at that specific movie. Um, but I really remember like being like, I'm going into this with like even worse expect, like I'm primed to dislike it. Um, so the fact that I enjoyed them as much as I did actually, I think is, uh, I was as surprised as you were surprised that I didn't like Jim Carrey's performance.
0: Incredible, incredible. Well, Transylvania is something maybe I'll have to watch one of these days oh, just so no. I, I get that uh, that reference point, that no, you know, no, understanding. No, don't,
1: don't do that. <laughs> no, I will, I will use the myself. time to plug that we always talk about one of these days I'm going to hijack this podcast and do the FP trilogy. Yes. And yes. shout out to the uh, cinematographer for Sonic 2, who was Brandon Trost, the director yeah. of FP1. Oh, uh, co director of FP. It, it
0: all comes back around. I, I, ev-
1: every <laughs> cinematic road in my life leads to <laughs> FP or. Um, Transylvania, and Sonic 2 is the culmination of It is.
0: It is. It absolutely is. Well, uh, let's start getting into some puzzle pieces here. I will say, um, like we kind of discussed in private before we started this, some of my pieces are going to be very specifically about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Some are going to be just about this series, since we never did get a chance to do that first episode. So uh, with that being said, let's jump into it. What do you got for your first piece?
1: Yeah, so uh, and my puzzle pieces are kind of more about this movie in relation to other video game movies um, Mm. in general. So uh, in that vein, uh, I am going to start off with something that's going to sound like an insult, but is actually a compliment, which is, of course, the Super Mario Brothers movie. as The single biggest puzzle piece for this film. Uh, We're going to get this out of the way. Yes, it's an awful movie, but it is a guilty pleasure of mine. But one thing I really respect about the Super Mario Brothers movie is... Some movies kind of try to have it both ways in terms of like telling the story of the games and also kind of telling their own story and Super Mario Brothers movie regardless of the main plot which obviously is nothing like a traditional Mario game every single thing in every single background shot from most of Super Mario Brothers is a reimagination or an easter egg of a concept from the game it like mm-hmm. so fully commits to making this uh like reinterpretation of everything and i would say that sonic 2 in terms of like easter eggs and references might be the most well-crafted video game movie i've ever seen in that specific regard maybe tied with detective pikachu um but i think probably surpassing that uh i believe we did we did an episode on detective pikachu and that was the best video i think we both agreed it was the best video game movie that had ever been released at that time. I think it
0: might have been, yeah.
1: Yeah, but uh, just s- there are so many little references to things in Sonic 2. Um, And one of my other puzzle pieces is going to talk about a more direct inspiration to that, but even like the way they would work things in, right? There's a Sonic Riders 2 scene um, or Sonic Riders 1 scene because they had to contrive a way to get to a snowboarding scene, which is like most people forget that Sonic Riders was a video game, let alone that it had it. Um, There were... Sound effects from the games were repurposed and reimagined as other sound effects in the real world. Uh yeah. Anytime anyone was doing walking, they were actually like matching either a direct animation from the game or even from the cartoons. There's been like multiple Sonic animes and stuff. Sure. Um and when I was trying to think of like what movie, video game movie, does that remind me of the most, because of how it includes so much so densely but reinterprets so much of it and kind of fully commits to that uh that kind of led back to the super mario brothers movie because i think detective pikachu had a lot of easter eggs but they were very straightforward they were very there was nothing subversive about detective pikachu um, if you understand the concept that there was a video game called Detective Pikachu that already had the core conceit of a... Right, it
0: was Pikachu. like, there's the thing from the game, there's another thing from the game, like, it yeah, was pretty but, obvious.
1: But but yeah, Sonic would kind of be like, oh, here's something that's a twist on something from the game, yeah. and it also had a lot of straightforward easter eggs as well, yeah. but um, so that was what I've, I really respected about it.
0: I've got two questions to to follow this up here. Sure. First of all, great piece to, to start this out on. No, number one, though, I... I I completely agree. Like, I think Sonic the Hedgehog 2, while not, to me personally, not as good as the first one, mainly because it's not as funny as the first one, but I do think it's the best video game movie that we've ever gotten. I think it's a better video game movie than the first one. And part of it is because of all those Easter eggs, because it is celebrating everything that makes the games what they are. It's celebrating gaming in general. Like, it is... It feels like watching a video game basically in a way that nothing else really has captured quite as well before um, you know I, I I did think of it's not on my, my list of pieces but I did think of Scott Pilgrim versus the World exactly, as yeah. something that celebrates video games in that same way yeah. um, you know so but the thing I wanted to ask you though is um, Super Mario Brothers everything is twisted so much from the initial <laughs> like <laughs> The little nuggets of 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 game Easter egg or, or or trivia or little like plot elements can you even like recognize them? I've I've only seen it a couple of no, times.
1: No, it is not. It, I I do I do not think Mario Brothers stuck the landing. In right, that regard. that's <laughs> yeah. a crucial difference. Like I uh, I can you know talk about how much I hated specific scenes in Sonic, but very rarely did I actually feel like, oh, this is, like, actively detracting Mm. from the games. The closest I ever really got to that was, I'm never a guy who is a a stickler for characters looking like what they're described as in the books or the movies or whatever. Yeah. Except Jim Carrey in Sonic 1. I really Mm. do wonder how much of me liking him better... May have just come down to the costume and and it's not just and then I realized though It's not just because I want him to look like the character in the game It's because of what that look represents like he's very poised. he's supposed to look very poised and in control in Sonic 1 which may or may not be true And he's supposed to look crazed and on the edge in Sonic 2 Um, So I think that's why I didn't like the way he looked in the first one and that reinterpretation of a character Mm. Um, is because what that look represented Not necessarily because um, Of like how it was Actually Different from the source material So if we had to yeah. talk about things that I didn't appreciate Being changed yeah. <laughs> Jim Carrey's hair in the first one
0: <laughs> But by the way uh, before we move on I, I just gotta say I can't believe we're finally having the Sonic the Hedgehog Conversation this is, this is uh, It's almost this a little was... surreal but no, uh... <laughs>
1: Especially because we never end up doing any other I used to do episodes pretty regularly And yeah. then we just kept saying, like, oh, the next episode we will do is Sonic, or it'll be Point Break, or Sonic is going to be one of those two movies. Yeah. Uh, and then there were a couple of episodes I was almost on, and things fell apart with them uh, at the last minute. So it is it is wild that, yeah, we are it's doing funny. the Sonic episode. We are doing it for a Sonic 2, which I don't think is a movie either of us thought was going to exist going no. into 2020. Uh, and, um, yeah. It's also yeah our, our first reunion in quite yeah. some time, and <laughs> of course it is for a video game movie. Us having met each other through our collaborations on video games.
0: So I I gotta I gotta ask one other question before I move on sure. to my first piece. Um, we're we're speaking about like all the Easter eggs and the story elements that you know comes directly from the games. Sure. Um, you, and we, we've joked about this on the podcast before, you're someone who loves to, like, read Wikipedia entries and yes. stuff like that and learn all these things. Yeah. I wasn't a big Sonic fan. I've already established sure. that. I was more of a Mario guy. I i know that what the Chaos Emeralds are. Sure. I, I know that Sonic collects rings. I know that he <laughs> runs really fast. I know Dr. Robotnik is... Are some of these other... Is everything from the games, as far as you can tell? Or did they, did they make up a
1: lot? Well, I, I think part of it is also kind of with the bar that Sonic 1 set. Of Sonic mm-hmm. 1 had some really great Easter eggs and references, but they didn't necessarily permeate through it. Um, and, and I am also not a huge Sonic fan to begin with. Like, Especially a yeah. lot of my Sonic knowledge is not the source material that these games have drawn from. So some of it is just things more I know from like gaming osmosis and others yeah, are sure. references I know from when I'm younger. Uh, Sonic 3, I will be very familiar with the source material for because okay. that's when we get into the 3D Sonic games oh, and yeah, they became yeah. infamously bad. So I never, oh, played, terrible. I never played the good <laughs> Sonic games. That's oh, okay. my problem. Um, and I never
0: played past the third level of sure. any of the good Sonic well, games. Well, I, I, I just, even love
1: know. the little things that aren't like they're obviously a reference but they're not even necessarily momentary Easter eggs, like Sonic hating water and him just not being able to control well in water. The Sonic games are infamous for having some of the worst water levels in any franchise. Uh, All the bubbles coming up when he would drink the bubbles. It was the exact animation from the game. I love that. that. I was actually listening for the uh, Sonic water theme, because that's pretty infamous and has been reused and remixed a lot of times, but I I didn't catch it, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: but, yeah, no, that that the water was definitely all part of that. And yeah, all part of what makes this, I, I think, the best video game movie. But definitely.
1: I have not dug into it yet, though. I intend to one of these days get around to like looking up because I bet there's a ton of references I didn't get as someone who wasn't a huge Sonic fan, but the fact that, yeah. like even I noticed so many really struck me as like,, you know, maybe I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that maybe I saw the whole iceberg and thought it was just the tip. But yeah, 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 uh, I have to assume not.
0: For sure. Well, I will go on to my first piece, and at least a couple of my pieces are going to specifically be about Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik, so we can do a little battle here. But I'm going to go with my first piece, which does specifically have to do with him. And this piece is Austin Powers in Goldmember, specifically the third Austin Powers movie. Because at this point, Dr. Evil has officially become a self-parody of himself. and To me, that is almost the starting point for Jim Carrey with uh, the first Sonic movie, but especially here in the second one. But he's already become this, this character who's kind of drawing on decades of us knowing the Jim Carrey character, the guy from Me, Myself, and Irene, from Liar Liar, from sure. Ace Ventura. Like, he's doing the almost like the greatest hits of the yeah. best moments of him through his career. And... I know it didn't work for you, sure. but for me as someone who I, I think I was, I want to say 12 when Ace Ventura came out and, or maybe I was 11 when Ace Ventura came out and, you know, was into my teens through all of the classic run of Jim Carrey movies. This was like being transported back to him at his most just best performances, you know, his most insane and over the top and yeah. fun to watch. and, it's just a blast and especially in the second one he he's just doing so much ridiculous stuff i love him so much
1: <laughs> no that's that's great and uh, you know i can watching him almost felt like like not being able to speak a language someone else is speaking it's not that i like think your grammar is bad it's just i'm on a a different wavelength or whatever and and i do think that another part of why i liked him better in the second one was i enjoyed who he bounced off of more in the second one cuz in the first one Pretty much every like he was obviously still very condescending in the second one, but so much of the first scene was like him kind of condescending. If the first movie was him condescending to authority figures, mm-hmm. um, whereas the second one is much more, he is actually kind of equals with someone and he is just in denial about it. And you know, sure, like when he's bouncing off of Sonic, who has now kicked his ass, he's bouncing off of Knuckles, who he is depending on for some of the stuff, for um, bouncing off of. His uh, sidekick, whose name I'm not recalling, but Stone. Was, oh, he's my favorite part of he's my favorite part Absolutely. of Jim Carrey in the movies. <laughs> yeah, oh, he, he's um, so
0: great, and and he'll have to do with my second piece. But he, oh, he's excellent. he's so great. Yeah, I love him. Lee Maj, Majdub. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. Majdoub. So
1: I only have three puzzle pieces, and again, they're all kind of talking points just about. Um, like, related for video game things, and we very well may end up making my third piece moot by the time we're done talking about my first and second. So uh, I would say you should probably just rock right into another one of yours before we you, bounce back to me.
0: Then in that case, let's just go to that one yeah, specifically because it. it has to do with the stone character. And uh, that is going to be Dracula and specifically the Renfield character. Gotcha. Um, I, I love it so much. I So I, to, I kind of... I kind of mentioned in chat that I was going to be bringing this up because... My thing was I was gonna say is that it's Dracula Dead and Loving It is where I know Renfield from. But uh, I said I was gonna like kind of like refresh my memory and be like, is he? You know, how far is Mel Brooks parodying this character in Dracula Dead and Loving It? I haven't watched a Dracula movie since I was a kid, basically, and I'm I'm gonna have to rewatch some of them before this new Nicolas Cage movie (laughs) comes out, uh, the Renfield movie. Uh, But yeah, it it turns out it's 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 all there. I mean, it's this just unhinged, just devoted insane servant character and that is exactly what stone is to uh jim carrey's dr robotnik who is basically his dracula and is such a fun character to watch he's so ridiculous he's so just unhinged and 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 crazy and in love with him but like is completely being put down by him at every moment it's it's just uh it's a great very old school comedy kind of a bit between the two of them
1: and i love the way he portrays it too. You know, you have you feel a little bad for Stone because he's getting yelled at or whatever, but like you can, it almost reminds me of like a, like like Kenneth from 30 Rock or something where even yes. when people are being yep. mean to him and yelling at him. He's just so happy to be there that it doesn't yep. give you the audience like a negative feeling. And that's actually my favorite moments is when Jim Carrey is being nice to him, but still acting mean. Like when he's like, of course, I'd love a latte. I love the way you make them. Like, <laughs> I, like I, 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 Died laughing at that because it was like him being goofy in a context set. So maybe I just don't like Jim Carrey being mean. Maybe that's yeah. what it
0: is. Yeah, because he's much meaner in the first one. Uh, I'd say here he is he's, he's quite the a the, bit the, the nails the first are filed down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's but uh, no, he that Stone was absolutely fantastic. Can I uh, ask you this? If Jim Carrey is not in the third one, and they do make a third one, uh, are you? thinking that it would they should give him an increased role and kind of step into that position they've teased a uh, spoiler alert they have teased shadow the hedgehog but depending sure. on what source material they use for shadow uh he very well may have the same character arc that knuckles has and then right. you know becoming good two-thirds of the way into the film they
0: they've got to change that up somehow they, they, they just do, have but to like
1: if, if so one of the things in the games, if you haven't played those ones, is Shadow's signature game, which is actually where the director of this film, Jeff Fowler, got his start. Was He was the a director of cutscene animators for the infamously bad game Shadow the Hedgehog.
0: Wow, uh, I didn't know that. That's I boring. might not have
1: been the director, but he was actually like an animator working for whatever studio wow. in Sega was doing those animations. So that must be amazing for him. But it had multiple endings, but when you eventually get to, like, the true what-is-his-origin, there's, like, aliens and clones and robots and other aliens. It's it's a lot. So I imagine gonna they're nice. not going to be too faithful to Shadow <laughs> the Hedgehog. But, um, yeah, so what would you like to see happen with Stone in a world where Jim Carrey is not in the third sonnet?
0: Well, I'd love to see him come back for sure. The the, the actor is great and is mm-hmm. he's such a great character. I can only imagine him though as like Maybe latching on to another character, whether that's Shadow ex- or somebody ex- else.
1: Exactly what I was thinking was I would yeah. I don't want to see him rise to power. I want this guy to be Dopinder from Deadpool forever, like just yeah. like, never allowed on the team.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, I yeah I would I would even love to see him just immediately like stand for Sonic in the movie now. And now he's like <laughs> the annoying cheerleader good guy or something. But oh yeah, uh, yeah I'm glad as long we, as he's I'm, got someone. Yeah, no, I'm glad we agree that like he needs to kind of be in that position again because he nails it so well every time
0: (laughs) that's awesome so what do you got for your next piece
1: uh so my next piece and again it's i could have picked a lot of different movies but i went with um the first indiana jones film for the overarching plot and for the context i kind of want to talk for a bit about what the type of movie sonic one was versus what type of movie sonic Two is when you're focusing on the Sonic parts. And Sonic Mm -hmm. 1 is, you know, it's like a road trip buddy comedy um, as the excuse to get you from place to place, right? It's a lot of James Marsden and Sonic have to make it across the country. I forget why Sonic didn't just run across the country on his own. I I don't remember how they wrote themselves out of that one. But the second Sonic, because of the nature of the rings and the plot points, is like a globe-trotting adventure where they're, like, going from location to location to location. And now what's really great about that for a thing like Sonic is it lets them be way more accurate to the games by doing Mm. this, like, Indiana Jones-style jumping from set piece to set piece to set piece. Because in the Sonic games, the worlds are always very heavily themed, usually around an element or something. And in Sonic 1, it was kind of just Sonic makes his way across America And in the very final fight, they really kind of hinted at that Sonic thing, because in the final fight, he was in Egypt for 20 seconds, he was on the water for 20 seconds, and that was kind of uh, a a condensed homage to the different types of levels in the finale of Sonic 1. All of Sonic 2 is like that. They do the Indiana Jones-style exploring through an ancient temple that's rigged with traps. They do the, oh, there's an ice avalanche and a nice an temple and they do the we're in a foreign land where we don't speak the language of the locals and we have to have some shenanigans they go to Hawaii they mm-hmm. even have have the rural town stuff and I just really think by like and I probably could have picked any kind of globe-trotting pulpy adventure but Indiana Jones I think is such the quintessential example of that like I almost wouldn't have been surprised if when Sonic would run or teleport somewhere if it zoomed out to like a picture of a map that looked like the original Sonic level select screen and showed sure. Sonic like running to it or something. Um, yeah. But it, I, it's
0: I, funny that a lot yeah. of, a lot of video game movies kind of do follow that Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark type yeah. of uh, adventure movie, uh, you know, script because that that's the easiest way I think to kind of show different levels basically yeah. in a movie.
1: And and I think in the case of Sonic, it did, compared to Sonic 1, which was just kind of like they're in the backwoods for a lot of it. And part of that was references to level 1 Green Hill Zone in Sonic and being all idyllic and everything. But really kind of turning into the skid and cranking it up to 11, I think really worked in Sonic 2's favor in terms of letting them, especially once you kind of already know the character, you don't have to see an hour of sonic talking to james marzin and learning about himself like you did in the first one yeah um what did you think of the more disconnected nature of the settings right like all the characters were mostly together in the first one and on a continuous journey whereas people are jumping around a lot in this one how did you feel about that between the two
0: I don't mind the jumping around in the separate stories, but the the issue, I think, the biggest issue is the whole wedding sequence. Which, Of course. Yeah, it, it's like, I think the actors are having a lot of fun, and there's some genuine laughs to be had in that whole wedding sequence, but why is it in my Sonic movie?
1: That you was a big thing I heard, because I saw this movie a little later than most people, and that was... Kind of consistently the feedback I heard. and yeah. I got it. I laughed enough that I was fine with it. But Right. Me, um, me
0: too. But especially in a movie that's over two hours long for a yeah. video game movie, it's like, if you're going to trim anything, that's, I think, the first thing that should have went. You I know? think
1: that's why they put the Uptown Funk dance sequence in was so I could fixate on that enough <laughs> that I didn't care about the wedding <laughs> sequence because at least they weren't dancing to Bruno Mars.
0: Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but but well, yeah, how did you feel though about in terms of like the different settings and stuff though? Of, like, no, yeah, check I, out I these think locales?
0: Yeah, I think jumping around between uh, between the snow and then jumping ba- back to Hawaii and then uh, jumping to where the final battle takes place. I mean, everything does. It, it's the right kind of uh, mixture that reflects video game levels. Like you said, there's usually like an element that kind of yeah. defines each one, whether it's snow or ice or fire or whatever, you know, it's like there's always some element and you know, I think that's you know, Mario does it. They they all do it. Every video game that's yeah, kind of definitely. the way they define the different levels. So I'll go to another piece. Uh you gotta bring some Marvel in with anything <laughs> like this these days. So I, I'm gonna go with Ant Man and the Wasp, uh okay. which you know I love as far as Marvel movies is concerned. But Basically, uh, the first Ant-Man with Paul Rudd is fantastic and rather than just having a straight up Ant-Man sequel where it's just all Ant-Man, they combined Ant-Man with a sidekick character, the Wasp, and here we've got Sonic and Tails. Uh, Tails is along for the ride the whole time. Uh, you know, similarly, we, we've got this character. It, it's different in that, uh, you know, the Wasp is, you know, kind of a dick to... <laughs> to, to Ant-Man the whole time and, and they, they've got more of a contentious relationship whereas Tails just absolutely loves Sonic but they, they both are breeding ground for a lot of good comedy and it's a good character, the voice acting is great which I believe if I'm not mistaken isn't the voice actor from the games?
1: Yeah, she's. I think she's been doing the games and the shows since 2014 because yeah. at first I thought it was like supposed to be the same person who had done it since the character was created but apparently mm. that is... Not that's
0: case. that's long enough, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, but bringing in a, a sidekick character like that and one that's so, you know plays off sonic so well i think it's probably the right choice i think bringing tails into this is probably the right choice so oh, definitely. uh i i think that that it made for a really fun time um watching the way that he just gets so excited by sonic and is just such like a sonic fanboy
1: <laughs> i uh i actually thought with with the uh, ant-man and the wasp at first you were going to be talking about the knuckles aspect of it because you know uh, sonic 3 was called like sonic and knuckles or i think like sonic 3.5 was Sonic and sure. knuckles and i really like actually when you said ant man the wasp i had to rem- i tried to remember if this movie had a subtitle or not because i i couldn't remember if it was like you know robotnik's return or right right uh, uh. sonic v knuckles dawn of justice or whatever i couldn't yeah. remember at first but no no subtitle i'm sad well i guess now,
0: now that you mention it uh you know, there is that the I think the character is called Ghost, maybe in Ant Man yes. and the Wasp. That was a bad guy girl uh, yeah. who eventually switches sides and and helps the heroes. So yeah, I mean, there, there's your knuckles right there. So yeah, uh, there you I, go. I guess you got another level of it as well. And you know, w- while we're on Marvel, I might as well squeeze in here Captain Marvel for sure. uh, the end where Sonic becomes Supersonic and is just like all powerful and can just destroy anything with a touch. So. Yeah, a little of that, too.
1: Yeah, no, so I, I think yeah, that, that in general was interesting. I was so focused on Knuckles for this film, I very much glossed over Tails, just mm. because Tails kind of... You know, Sonic had his sidekick in the first one, but you are right. Tails fills a very different role in this than James Marsden's character filled yeah. in the first one, and I think that is also a good choice because it lets you get to see a bit more of a grown-up Sonic because he is the leader, because Tails worships him, that now suddenly, so- and obviously that I'm basically just stating the moral of the movie, but we saw Sonic kind of as the kid in the first one and then the older brother in yeah. the second one kind of stepping up to it. So I, I guess that's good that it wasn't grading, right? There very easily could have been a lot of... Oh, for a, sure. a lot of room for mishaps there with a fanboy type character, but I think Tails was absolutely adorable in this movie.
0: By the way, something I completely forgot about, and it just came flooding back to me right now, is Sonic calling James Marsden dad at the end of this movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that is very weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Picture that scene, but with what Sonic looked like in the original. Trailers. Oh no. Like just the, the that toothy <laughs> motherfucker just uh, just being like oh hello dad. <laughs> oh no,
0: that's horrifying, just terrifying. <laughs> so uh, what do you got for your next piece?
1: So this is my la- uh, actually gonna be my last puzzle piece, and okay. we have very much touched on it. You know because I think I've referenced other films in passing references, but just in terms of the theming of this movie, and we have definitely talked about this a bit in the other two puzzle pieces already is I'm going to go with another awful video game movie, which is <laughs> Resident Evil 2. I believe that mm-hmm. one's Apocalypse, but it might be like Armageddon or something. Yeah, and I can't the, keep them straight. That's the main sure. reason I want to... So, because there's not a lot of video game franchises that go for multiple, multiple entries, right? So many of them are dead on arrival nowadays that some of them get sequels. Some of them have been getting sequels since the early days of Mortal Kombat, but Resident Evil is a franchise that has really gotten to show you like, oh, fuck, we got to reference these games again. What can we grab this time? But (laughs) uh, the the thing with Resident Evil 2 is that it had so much more from the games than Resident Evil 1, the movie, did. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, Resident Evil 1, the movie, is actually a guilty pleasure of mine. And uh, it is still... The second one is so much worse, even as someone who really likes seeing things from the game. But I really respect that the second one was like, well, all right, now we've got some money. People have bought into the franchise. They've accepted this original character. Let's start filling the movies with characters from the games. Mm. Let's start having, like, direct, specific plot points in the game. Because the first one changed so much and elaborated so much or whatever that the second one, which still did not directly follow the plot of any one game. It was very much a Hodgepodge podge of things really cranked up how much it was grabbing from something. And I feel like a lot of times with these, uh, especially if you keep watching Resident Evil, they continue to take stuff from the games, but largely they really yeah. doubled down and deviated and went in their own way. And Mortal Kombat uh, is the only other one I'm thinking of that actually successfully had a sequel as of now. Um, are there other... Yeah. There must be other video games. See, oh, two, be... Tomb Raider 2 was not oh, any more like Tomb Raider, has like had a long Tomb Raider series. games than... Tomb Raider one necessarily, but like I so I just really wanted to pick a puzzle piece that represented the conscious effort to include a lot more from the games now that you've already got us the audience in the world. And the best example I could unfortunately think of was Resident Evil (laughs) two.
0: Yeah, yeah, possibly. By the way, did you see the the most recent one from I think it was last year? Uh, Welcome to Raccoon City. I have
1: not watched a Resident Evil movie since maybe the fourth one or third one.
0: So this is disconnected. This is like a reboot. And um, I didn't watch it, so I can't really speak to it too much. But just based off seeing the trailer alone, it looked so much more like a Resident Evil-based movie. Yeah. It looks like the first game, basically. Interesting. Um, I'll I'll have to...
1: I mean, I, I probably saw about it at some point and thought it looked bad or whatever. I know they've done a couple different um, CGI films in the Resident Evil franchise, and those sure. ones are like direct adaptations of the games a lot of time. I don't believe any of those have been well-received either, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's a pretty low bar when the when the metric is being a lot more like the video game than your prequel, because Resident Evil sets that bar pretty low. Oh, God, yeah. Uwe Ball made two different House of the Deads. So I just remembered that. Oh, oh no. no. He probably didn't direct the second one, but I think they made, like, four (laughs) of those games. Uh, Four of those films. Oh, no. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean, as someone who didn't... I know you said that you think this is possibly the best video game film, but did you... Like, while you were watching this movie, did it ever come across to you as too video gamey in a way that like detracted from your it did not for me to set the point. No. I'm curious. I like I could see that being sometimes films are too cartoony and it detracts from what it's trying to do or whatever, but um, yeah, I never felt that this was too, quote-unquote, obviously from a video game or anything.
0: Right. Like I mean, it, it's basically a kid's movie, and yeah. I, I, I do think it needs to be taken at, at that level, because because that's what it is. Even
1: Which does it a favor, I think. Like right, it, it, yeah. it is able to stand on that ground quite a bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Even though Jim Carrey gets a little uh, adult in some yeah. of his jokes, you know, I think there was a Trump joke at one point, you yeah. know, so there's definitely stuff that's not for the kids, but at the same time, it, it it's it leans into the the being a kid movie and that kind of i think it, i don't want to say shields it from you know that kind of a you know oh it's just a video game criticism but uh yeah. you know it, it definitely makes it all fit better for sure
1: yeah it, it certainly you know there are some of those games where they have to I, um doom comes to mind i believe they had they trimmed to be pg13 and in that case it actively hampered the doom film i imagine it wouldn't have been great if it was r-rated to begin with but it definitely comes into play but like for a movie like sonic it didn't have anything immediately going into it working against having it be a kid's movie so if you're going to do something that is a kid's movie not saying there aren't fantastic mature kids movies as well but it does give you a little extra leeway in what you have to provide to your audience yeah for sure
0: so I've got a couple more puzzle pieces here. Um, yep. First, first up, I'm going to combine two things, uh, and, and that's for the big final battle with uh, with Robotnik once yeah. he he creates his giant Eggman suit. I'm going to combine both uh, Suicide's The Suicide Squad, I should say, the okay. most recent Suicide Squad, uh, and Pacific Rim. Um, okay. It just being a big giant mech, of course, yeah. and the way he's controlling it—that's your Pacific Rim right there. And then all of the you know the fact that it's like this big, kind of cute ridiculous giant monster machine and spitting out all these projectiles reminded me of what James Gunn did with the uh, the Big Bad at the end of yeah. the Suicide Squad, the Starfish, <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, a little of both of those things in that whole uh, giant, crazy, over-the-top ending. And then, of course, you know, Supersonic comes in and just destroys it. That <laughs> so... ending,
1: on its own, is, I would say, probably... Like, the best, like, whatever, 10, 12-minute snip of, like, this is a video game and yeah. a movie at the same time. They, it's a boss Every battle. character does the thing they do in the games. And a big beef I had with Sonic 1 was we never really saw a robot that, to me, felt like it was designed by Dr. Eggman. They all looked like they were designed by Steve Jobs. Sure, and I was really sure. bummed. And I know there are drones that look like that in the games and stuff. But... Really, when you think of, like, what is Dr. Robotnik building, I think his final thing is a hover car uh, or jet or whatever in the first movie. And he there are plenty of boss battles against Robotnik that are... He's in a jet or whatever, but they're typically very over the top in a way that doesn't necessarily look accurate. And I get that's part of what they were doing in Sonic 1 was kind of trying to balance it between... Between uh, looking kind of goofy and extravagant, but also looking like a military scientist, really could have made this. And I'm glad for the second one. They said, "Nah, let's let's not do that again for the final <laughs> battle. It's gonna yeah. we're gonna have to turn him into a god so he can build this machine, and yes. it's gonna look just like him and be a million feet tall. And I like that. Made me so happy when that robot appeared because I'm like, oh we're gonna watch a boss battle now like it's yes. literally this is the boss battle this of the, the final movie. boss there it is and, oh man no that, <laughs> that did awesome. make me i was a little turned off by when he had the superpowers for like 30 seconds not when sonic did when sonic did i was fine with that but when jim carrey had like the techno superpowers and wasn't in the robot i was kind of like eh, okay let's let's do something with this i'm not sure where this is going and then he builds an egg bot, and I was like, how could I ever have doubted you, Jeff Fowler? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you glorious right. son of a bitch.
0: Jeff Fowler knows what he's doing, man. He just <laughs> he gets it. He gets it, that guy. Uh, my my last piece, and I'm honestly surprised you didn't bring this one up, uh, okay. but uh, the Lego movie. The, that whole Lord and Miller style of, of comedy of just non-stop gags and jokes and just kind of a little bit grating, but at the same time, very fun. So, uh,
1: yeah... yeah. Lord, and, the problem is Lord and Miller are my favorite directors in Hollywood. Yeah, so comparing the Sonic movie to them would be really it's, mean. It's a little <laughs> tough for you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I had to defend my boys real quick from getting associated with Sonic too.
0: Yeah, but you know, Sonic was a big surprise hit. Sonic Two is, is now the, the the biggest video game movie of all time, I believe, box office wise. And Sonic Three is greenlit. So I mean, this you know they they learn from the best, if any, if nothing else, you know. No, that
1: that that absolutely is true. Especially when you look at it through the lens of wow, so much better than it should be, right? And kind yeah. of a, you know adapted from a kids' material or whatever. Like yeah, it's like Sonic absolutely 100% like as soon as you said that lego movie is an absolutely fantastic uh yeah. lego piece for that one
0: Yeah and and like you know it, we'll get into closing thoughts here in a second but you know yeah. as a mario guy I really hope the super mario brothers movie that illumination is making is good but I don't I still don't know what kind of tone they're going to no, go for no I don't idea. think they can go for the lego movie thing with that No I, no you know
1: and then I mean, one of these days, I'm the same way now with, I think Netflix has recently revived their plans to do a Mega Man movie or a Mega Man show. I believe movie. Mm -hmm. And same thing. I'm like looking at Sonic and Detective Pikachu and I have like a cork board with red string connected pictures. It's like how, what can they take from these movies? How can they not ruin Mega Man for me? And uh, Mario, I'd be feeling the same way if I hadn't already kind of resigned myself on Mario. (laughs) There's just no way it's going to be good, but I can't I will. With you, uh, before we get into closing thoughts, I will basically, with you talking about the superhero movies, I will do my own um, Marvel uh, shout out to both Iron Man 1 and Avengers 1, which I have never seen people lose their mind over a post credits preview of a character as much as I have and all my friends have and the internet have lost their mind over Shadow the Hedgehog being teased in the post credits sequence in the theater. And again, I did not see this opening night, uh, but it was. To the, like, as soon as they're like, oh, we found this thing from 50 years ago. Just multiple people in the audience were like, oh, no. and I was like, oh my God, they're they're are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? And then, bam, Shadow comes up, and everyone I know, it's the first thing they talk about with that movie. And there are definitely audience reveal moments that have been great, but in terms of this, like, post-credits showing a new character for 10 seconds and everyone loses their mind, I haven't seen that since uh, Nick Fury and Iron Man 1 or Thanos... At the end of Avengers 1. Uh, and it was nerds. just, I, I if I, we had to get one last <laughs> yeah. Marvel thing in there. Yeah. Uh, and sure. then uh, that will segue into the one thing I was going to ask you because I've already told you that I've spent way too much time with my friends arguing about who will voice Shadow the Hedgehog. There's only the one, one
0: person who can do it. Okay. It's Robert Pattinson. Yeah, it Robert
1: pa- Robert Pattinson is definitely, definitely he, what pretty he, much he fun. wants it. <laughs> he, he, if he doesn't he should I, I. the problem is trying to like pick someone who doesn't overlap with the Knuckles thing too much because oh my god Knuckles in the final baseball scene funniest thing in that entire movie so now yeah Idris he's really be,
0: good at the end I, I wish he had gotten to be funny earlier he's so yeah, funny at the end yeah. of the movie because he, yeah.
1: was, he was very much it was like b- towards the second half of the movie they basically just turned him into uh, Drax from Guardian of the Galaxy and I was like oh this works Idris can yeah. do this very good. Okay, uh, yeah. like, uh, everything from I am one million percent muscle onward was absolutely fantastic. Um, That's but, true, yeah,
0: actually. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. Throw it in there as a last-minute piece.
1: Yeah, 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 sure. Throw the at... Ryan <laughs> came out with three Marvel movies in the last twenty seconds. Um, <laughs> go. My my current go-to is um, Keanu Reeves doing specifically the John Wick raspy voice Ooh, for who okay. I want to see. Um, uh my friends my favorite suggestion from my friends is Jason Momoa, but apparently he was an early choice for Knuckles. And mm. apparently the internet's top choice is Christian Bale.
0: Okay, I did I yeah, did some yeah.
1: I did some research last night to see who the internet is gossiping about fan casting, and it looks like Christian Bale is an extremely popular choice.
0: You know what I saw on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, which I thought was also a pretty good one, is John Bernthal. I think Ooh,
1: I think he could be good. Yeah. Like it just yeah. it it needs to be it's like Someone you're a little bit scared of, yeah. <laughs> but also still listens to Limp Biscuit in the year 2022. Oh, no. But yeah. also listens to Old My Chemical Romance. But in uh-huh. 20, They listen to New Limp Biscuit and Old My Chemical Romance, and yeah. you're still a little scared of them. I'm back but, to
0: Robert Pattinson, I
1: gotta say. Uh, no, but... <laughs> yeah, like fresh <laughs> off of Batman, uh, Robert Pattinson's absolutely. Um, what was my choice until I stumbled on Keanu Reeves as well? So, yeah, Keanu Reeves looks good too. So, <laughs> we could do a whole other episode of just who should be Shadow, but oh, I think yeah. you nailed it on the first try. Awesome. Awesome.
0: <laughs> well, our, our finished puzzle includes Super Mario Brothers, Austin Powers, and Gold Member, uh, Dracula. Indiana Jones, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Captain Marvel, Resident Evil 2, The Suicide Squad, and Pacific Rim, The Lego Movie, and then we squeezed in Iron Man, Avengers, <laughs> and Guardians of the Galaxy in there, because why the hell not? So, uh, any any closing thoughts now that we finally got a chance to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog?
1: No, it's, it's great. I look forward to doing our next episode of this podcast together in four years when Sonic mm-hmm. 3... <laughs> (laughs) it'll happen um, no I, I am actually really optimistic about Sonic 3 I think they have shown that they have room to expand within the niche they have carved out for themselves this one was tonally different and similar enough to the first one that At the same time that I think like, oh, they could continue to kind of move the setting a little or fall back on old things and they'll still be able to make it work. Uh, Mm -hmm. The only Sonic game I do have strong feelings about really is uh, like everyone my age. I uh, I am still obsessed with the soundtrack to Sonic Adventure 2 Battle for the GameCube. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if uh, Sonic 3 does not include City Escape, uh, this is uh, the song included on the soundtrack this is my warning to Jeff Fowler on behalf of this entire podcast. We will come oh, for no. you. <laughs> this is, this is this a is, warning. This is endorsed by David that we will come for you, Jeff. It's a warning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I'm I'm really uh, unironically hoping that the third one will be good. We didn't even talk about the fact that they're doing a Knuckles spinoff show that I assume is also starring Idris. But Yeah, be
0: I completely forgot about that, honestly. I, I, I kind of did
1: until talking about the third one as well. I don't I think there's really yeah. any details to talk about yet but maybe yeah. when when there's some more information about that or if it ends up being one of those like three episode miniseries we can just treat it like a movie it would be <laughs> and... so
0: funny if, if i don't watch any of the sp- like spin-off series of marvel or star wars but i watch the sonic the hedgehog spin spinoff series oh well that's that...
1: that's the thing you really got to know with <laughs> sonic 3 if you haven't seen the shows then really what are you getting I think maybe they said they're already considering another spinoff of Sonic as Mm. well. Another TV spinoff or a a movie spinoff. But eventually they're going to get to... They they made Knuckles, a notoriously non-horny character, be voiced by Idris Elba and become way too horny. So when they get to Rouge the Bat, they are going to fly too close to the sun and ruin themselves. And I've heard she's going to be on the show and that's no good for anyone. (laughs)
0: Well, you know, I this is just off the top of my head real quick before we wrap it up, but yep. I I I didn't ask you this ahead of time, but is there another video game you think we should be getting a movie of?
1: I uh really like like I honestly believe there's a lot of potential for a aimed at 11-year-old's Mega Man movie. That's like okay. honestly, and I'm biased cuz I am such a huge Mega Man fan but I've started recently kind of think like with Sonic been thinking about through the lens of like what are more kids movie movies or movies that would surprisingly work okay as a kids movie you know Minecraft movie might end up surprising everyone and being good the way the Lego movie did I'm not counting on it but mm-hmm. it might I can't give the I can't give my answer anymore of my employer, the makers of the Halo video game, because sure. we do have a TV show that I think just started two months ago, yeah, uh, maybe maybe uh, five weeks ago at this point, point. and uh, so I, so I can't fall back on that anymore. And a lot of the games I like, I don't think would lend themselves to being interesting movies. I'm very curious what they do with the Borderlands film. Um, yeah, that's because be Eli interesting. Roth is possibly an inspired choice for a Borderlands film. If I would have said, if you want to make it a sure thing that it's good, you give it to like Matthew Vaughn. But mm. otherwise I'm curious to see what Eli brings to the Borderlands franchise because that's deranged enough that anything can stand on its own. Yeah. And it could possibly do really good about being judged on a merit that is not like, how is this an adaptation of the games? And instead just how is this a tonal adaptation of sure. the games kind of wild tone? yeah uh how about you you got anything on your your backlog that you're hoping one of these days we get around (laughs) to making like a gex film or something
0: (laughs) yeah no gex probably wouldn't work too well yeah (laughs) the one that i i always go back to and it's the obvious one and it won't work but i feel like my life won't be complete until they at least try is zelda I mean, yeah. it, it has to happen at some point.
1: That that is the one that I, you know, I kind of avoid it for the same reason I would avoid like a Half Life movie or something. Of just like sure. I know it would fail the silent protagonist, but man, it sure would be cool. I I think you could do a really good Metroid movie where Samus was a supporting character. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that'd be really interesting to see. Yeah, Metroid but, would be good. But I, I think by now we have seen so many video game films. We can start making guesses about where they are going to fall apart. Like back in the day when these old, typically bad video game movies were coming out, there wasn't really a frame of reference for what a video game movie should or shouldn't be or could and couldn't be. And different people took it in different ways. Sometimes you make Jean-Claude Van Damme the star of Street Fighter, and everyone just kind of smiles and nods at you and backs away slowly <laughs> yeah, but like yeah. now you know we're getting to a point where when you see a commercial for a video game movie or you know the source material and you know who's making it you can start to kind of being like oh there's dozens of other video game big budget hollywood video game movies now maybe this is going to fail in the way doom is going to fail maybe this is going to fail in the way I just found out. Apparently there was a second Hitman movie. They remade it again. I didn't know that until I was looking up other video game movies. I had no idea about that. Yeah, There was one called Hitman and one called Agent 47 and apparently they were both awful and disappeared in like 20 seconds. But yeah, I was was, was, was brushing up on other video game movies before coming into this. Wow.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm sure we'll have this conversation all over again when Super Mario Brothers comes out. But uh, (laughs) Ryan, is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners?
1: Ooh, I am going through a lot. I'm finally kind of just catching up on, like, regular films that I feel like everyone has seen. Uh, The one uh, you'll be very proud of me that I'm getting to later this week is it's been ages since I've seen Terminator 2. So I got to break that one out. So if we had this conversation on Sunday, I'd be saying go check out Terminator 2 because I'm already very, very hyped for that. But uh, I will... Use that time to po- uh, plug the uh, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces Facebook group. If you haven't checked it out uh, before, come join. I think we just crossed 300 members recently. Yeah. And uh, always good conversation there. A little bit of shit posting, a little bit of serious discussion, a little bit of hey, check this out. And a whole lot of people sharing their opinions or their own podcasts and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, even if you can't follow everything, it's a great place to kind of come and hang out with folks and you can you can get a lot out of it. It's throughout COVID. I watched very few films. I didn't consume new media throughout the majority of COVID because of like anxiety and stuff. But like being in the movie podcast group for those two years, since we've had this last episode, I've still felt like I've like kind of had my finger on the pulse about what's been going on in films and what people are Yeah, doing.
0: hopefully you absorbed a little bit of what we were all chatting about. and yeah. it's,
1: we, we went a whole episode without me talking about a movie I've never seen, but I've only wikipedia So that's kind of what I did for two years, was I didn't watch movies. <laughs> I just went on the Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces Facebook group and was like oh this is this is the opinions of people good to know
0: (laughs) that's uh that's awesome thank you thank you for the plug of course and uh ryan is great that we finally got a chance to do this and i'm glad to have you back on the show
1: (laughs) i wish there was like a good sonic catchphrase we could end on but like ending a podcast on like gotta go fast is awful Terrible. Oh, I will plug. If anyone hasn't seen it, um, we, uh, the if you have not seen the Polygon interviews that Patrick Gill does with Ben Schwartz every time there's a new Sonic movie, they are one of my favorite interview experiences. The the weird dynamic these two people have. They've already made. Pla- they did another one for um when Space Force, and they referenced their Sonic interviews as well. But the two Sonic interviews on Polygon.com done by Patrick Gill are some of my favorite. Uh, celebrity interviewing I've ever seen conducted.
0: I still haven't watched it. I'm going to watch it. You've been telling me about it yeah. for a while now, and the, i, I mean, got to watch it. At the
1: it. end of the day, it's still an interview with a celebrity, but sure. just the energy between the two of them is just so, It's it's got everything I love about watching like an Eric Andre or a Comedy Bang Bang interview while still like having that like nice roundness of like a Jimmy Fallon type interview. Uh-huh. And Ben Schwartz is just so game for all of it.
0: nice nice well thank you uh for being game for all
1: this ryan how's that for a transition that's a good one Check out the Sonic Cinema podcast, where film critic Brian Scuttle takes you through the year discussing classic films, reviewing modern hits and misses, covering film festivals, and interviewing filmmakers and film critics. Click subscribe at YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, and other platforms, or follow along at www.sonic-cinema.com.
0: How good was that for me to uh, include an ad for Sonic Cinema? podcast on our Sonic the Hedgehog 2 episode. I'm a good podcast producer, aren't I? Anyway, uh, thanks to Ryan Darty for joining me on that episode. Hope you guys all enjoyed it. I was really happy to finally get him on and uh, talk about Sonic. I've been waiting to do this one since the beginning of the pandemic, and uh, yeah, it, it was really fun to do this. So, If you're enjoying piecing it together, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen. And uh, if it's one of those apps that happens to have a five star button, we'd really appreciate it if you hit that button and maybe leave us a little review while you're at it. You could also, of course, share the show with your friends, follow us on social media, at PiecingPod, join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show, and uh, don't forget about the Produced by David Rosen Patreon. I mentioned it at the top of the show. It is patreon.com slash Rosen. Lots of great content over there. Check it out. So, that does it for today. That was a nice long one, so I'm I'm going to keep this short but uh let's close it out with a piece of music like I always do and you know back when uh, I first met Ryan uh we were working on a couple of video game projects together and one of them was a game that I came up with called Breaker Breaker and this track was from the soundtrack to that game so uh it's called The Big Crunch and I've never released these tracks like as their own standalone thing they're just in the game which Hopefully, uh, maybe we'll get Ryan to uh, do some kind of port one of these days to smartphones so we can all play Breaker Breaker. I'd love to play it again someday. It's uh, built in Flash, and I don't have Flash on my computer, so I can't play it. But I want to play it because it was awesome. It came out so good. Uh, But anyway, yeah, this track is called The Big Crunch. It's from Breaker Breaker. Hope you enjoy it. And we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.